When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, Bulls Nation? And welcome into the CHGO Bulls Podcast, presented by PointsBet. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up for PointsBet to live your bet life. Hey, everybody. Hi. Here we are in Studio B for the first time. I'm Matt. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. That's Big Dave. He's at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. Joining us remote, our guy, Will the Goat hey. Gottlieb. You can follow him on Twitter at Won't Gottlieb. We are... CHO underscore Bulls. Tuesday, Mm -hmm. uh, day before game five. Yes. Day before what could be the Bulls' final game of this here 21-22 season. (laughs) And right before we went on, we all got dealt some... uh, Yeah. Some news. We got some news. Uh, Zach Levine is in protocols. He's in health and safety protocols. Um, He won't be playing tomorrow. It's not official. Obviously, I haven't said it officially. He's not playing, but... He's not playing. So, for me, Matt, that pretty much means series is done. Uh, Will, first and foremost, we'll get your thoughts on this Zach news, but what do you think of Studio B? Is it freaking you out to see us with a different backdrop? Dave said he had something to say about Studio B, so I'm curious what he has uh, marinating there. But I love Studio B. The chairs are comfier, in my opinion. Yeah, that's you uh, hang I, out in here all the time, like when we're not doing shows, yeah, but you I, just I like hang out my, in here. Uh, my Zoom pressers in there. I like that you can get the logo in the back. It's Studio B's great. Underrated. I agree. It's very nice. First of all, my skin looks amazing right now. I just want to point that out. Um, but, yeah, I like it. I mean, the aesthetic is nice. You know what I'm saying? It's got a nice plan over there in the corner. It's cozy. It's cozy. You know what I'm saying? I, I like the fact it's a little chilly because I like cold. Cold is a good thing. But it, it's not big man friendly. That's the only issue I have here. You know, this is more willing. Let me zoom Willenium out the camera sense. a little bit so you can see you know? that it's really not much bigger than it looks. No, camera. no, no, it's not. It's not. It looks wonderful. Looks nice. Looks beautiful. As Joey takes you on a tour uh, right about now. But as you can see, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah, you just move the camera twice. <laughs> zoom in. There you go. But, you know, I'm a big guy. You know, Matt's a tall guy. You know, you need a little room right there right. for some things. And the seats are not, you know, fat man friendly either. You know what I mean? They 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 are all built for Will. You know, what, everything I, you know what I Will. do like, though, is that, this? well, now Joe's, Joey's moving the camera angle down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we still got, like, our ticker thing on the bottom uh-huh. that cuts off the shot where you don't have that awkwardness of, like, just, like, a like a zoomed in crotch view, you know, <laughs> which is why a lot of us sit with our legs crossed, but 
given how close these chairs are, I we couldn't do it. We couldn't do it because we'd be touching. Like we're, we would just be playing yeah, footsie this whole time. There, see? Yeah, 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 you can see yeah, it. Yeah. I I'm you not a fan. You guys owe the Blackhawks crew an apology because we, we kept you guys in Studio A for the playoffs and we put three of them in That's here. That's true. They there did were, put three. There were three of them, three of the Blackhawks crew in true. here, which I can't fathom. I can't understand that either. Because I feel crowded I with it. two of us in here. This is true. This is very true. I like it, though. I'm not saying I don't like this. I do like this. It is very nice. But, you know, just the fat man friendliness of it, you know, and things like that. I didn't know that's why you were I, I was crossing my leg because it felt normal. To do so. Like, I didn't know it was because it was a crotch shot. Ulterior I didn't even think motives. of that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, like, cross your leg for a, for a few minutes here or there, but uh, for a full hour? Yeah, it just felt Remember how, like, for the first couple weeks we were doing that, I would every time I would get out of the chair, I would just be like, ah! And, like, my leg would be asleep, and I would be limping off the set. Literally, to be fair, that's what she do all the time, so I didn't recognize it, You need to do it, some group yoga. <laughs> <laughs> I do my uh, yoga. I'm 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 comfortable and spry, so I'm all right. But. I don't I don't do yoga. That's not a thing I do. You should, man. No, it would be great for you. Honestly, it really would. It would relax you, give you some flexibility. You know, you wouldn't be growing it like you're 65 when you stand <laughs> up. Like it'd be great. It'd be great for you. Just honestly, some man. athletic greens and some yoga. It'll turn your life around. <laughs> One step at a time. One step at a time, man. Um. So okay, obviously, uh, with this news uh, of Zach, the the crazy thing is. Like, look, pretty much every NBA team dealt with a big wave. Uh, a lot of it happened in December. Um, like, the entire league basically had the Omicron variant, and even the players who had been vaccinated were getting it. Most of them, or certainly lots of them, had asymptomatic cases. That was the case with a lot of these Bulls players. But what is it now with Zach in particular that's crazy? He tested pos- or was placed in protocols in April of 21, so the tail end of last season. Yes. He had a uh, con- a contact tracing scare in July, right before he was heading to Tokyo for the Olympics. Yes. He then tested positive and or went into protocols again in December of 21. Yes. And now this. What? Is Zach just like the unluckiest person on the planet? It's, it feels that way. Uh, it feels like that way. I don't know for this team. That's just kind of how it's been, you know, with injuries and dealing with this and remember when we went through the protocols you know remember how that was you know you know the bulls are winning games but everybody was you know kind of out and it was just going down the line taking everyone out one by one by one by one by one it was going that way for the chicago bulls but zach in his case it's just it's just been different will like i just i i really haven't seen anything like this yeah i don't know about zach specifically but it's just kind of like uh cruel irony of to the end of the season right of just like an injury riddled season that was kind of everything good was sort of ripped away by injuries or COVID or both and now you're in a situation where Caruso's probably not going to play with the concussion and now Zach is looking unlikely for game five as well uh you've got obviously DeRozan playing he's an iron man and he's gonna play but uh, just a, just kind of a sad like fizzle out, and the Bulls probably aren't winning this game five anyway. But it's just a, a bummer of a way to go out for a season that really like it was so positive, it was really fun and great, and now you just end up in this situation, which is like just sad and kind of brutal. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Uh, and you know, obviously, the the hope now is that <clears throat> no other positive tests crop up yeah, with Zach's yeah. teammates between now and tip off on on Wednesday night. Right. Um, I mean, like he's been sharing a locker room with these guys. He's been with them 
around shoot arounds during games and uh Will, is it just those two Bulls assistant coaches? I believe it was uh, Damian Cotter and, and was it Fleming? There, there were two yeah, assistants who had it last week. Um, and, and we were like, oh, gosh, we hope we didn't. They didn't, you know, spread it to any of the Bulls players. And it looked for a while like we were, you know, out of the woods there. So, you know, I don't know if, if Zach did eventually get it from a coach or somebody else, but it's passing its way through. Um, I mean... I, but like the Bulls, as as we've said, the Bulls are probably losing Game Five anyway. But it would really stink if we have more positive tests crop up between now and tip off, and then just the Bulls are going out with a whimper. Yeah, and it, go ahead, Will. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say that's kind of what it seems like. I mean, who knows whether anybody else is going to be exposed? Probably, um, but the whole team, from what I understand, is vaccinated. So uh, could just be these breakthrough cases, and obviously those are a little bit. Um, more rare if you do have it so not as much of like a given if one guy has it then the rest of the team will charlie said matt maddie legend about to come off the injury and about to drop buckets oh no there <laughs> that that leg is still contusion still Dave. contusioned <laughs> there's still contusion that we don't know very why. serious contusion on the leg you know i i think also with zach the reason the extra bummer part about it is i talked about i've said this a lot with you like this has been his best season of like basketball, not just playing. I'm just saying everything that went on for him this season, it's been his year, you know, for basketball, you know, going to the Olympics, getting the gold medal, finally getting that four game winning streak, getting a good team around him. Finally, where he's not the best player on it and doesn't have to be or need to be Yeah, uh, becoming an all-star, you know, in his second season, we know he's going to go in the off season and get that max contract. I know Bulls fans have thoughts about that, but it's going to happen. He's going to get that contract. So it's been and getting engaged, you know, yeah. like it's been that kind of good year for Zach making Levine, the playoffs, like going to the playoffs for the very first time. You know what I'm saying? On top of everything. Yeah. So it's been that kind of year for him. And actually having, you know, his best game, mm -hmm. you know, in the playoffs, coming off of stat-wise, I'm saying, number-wise, yeah. having his best game. So doing all that, getting all your first and not being able to complete it and finish, and even him at the podium, you know, when he had on that fly suit, by the way, he looked amazing in that yeah, suit. He did. Um, when he said, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to go home, you know what I mean? I hope my teammates are. Right. Like, so even hearing all that stuff and just knowing that now it's just going to come to an abrupt end for him, man, just – Adds to how much it sucks. Yeah, and to to your point, Dave, which I totally agree with. Um, yeah, I feel like he just really settled into the player that he is supposed to be, as far as like being that supercharged number two, as opposed to the one that really carries the offense. And we'll have lots of discussions this summer about whether he's worth the max or whether the bull should whatever. Like, obviously, the answer is yes, they should, and we can dig into the details later. But um, I. Yeah, it's just kind of like a, a sad ending to a season that started off with such promise, but also um, I think that gave you a glimpse of what he where he can really thrive as a basketball player. And uh, hopefully we see more of that in in the next, you know, four or five years, depending on the contract situation. My uh, my proposal is that we have that conversation about Dak's contract once and only once when the season is over and tell any and all those Bulls fans out there who still don't understand what's happening. Uh, Zach is signing a contract that he has earned and deserves. Yeah. And that's going to be the end of it. I cannot have that conversation every other day until Zach signs his contract. And hopefully it's as soon as 
you know, the rules allow mm-hmm. for Zach to sign that that new contract. Because I I will lose my freaking mind if I have to listen to Bulls fans. <laughs> well, are we sure? Do we really want it? Are we sure? I can't. I can't do that for the first month of summer. It will ruin my summer vibes. <laughs> oh, you know you're all about the summer vibes, man. Oh, he's all about it. Uh, I told you about the new pair of Burks, right? <laughs> you did. You did. My summer vibes are, like, right on the cusp of arriving, man. I'm so proud of you. I see Mark said uh, I should rock some wrestling merch on the show during the offseason. I, trust me, I got something for you, Mark. Don't worry. I got I got plenty. I just ain't worn here yet. Trust me. I got stuff for you. Don't even worry about it. But uh, yeah, I like that con- like, and as I keep saying, I say this too, Will, about that contract. They got to give it to him because it, he deserves it for one, for sure. But two, the league is watching. You can't just go and tell him, "Wait, we're gonna build a team first, and then when they get, they do all that, they say, screw you <laughs> and go away. We're not giving you any money." You, players are gonna see that, you know what I mean? They're, they're not gonna want to you know, probably come to an organization that would do that to a player that is so liked around the league. There's so many reasons why not signing him or not bringing him back would be silly. That's certainly one of them. Also, just like, what are you doing if not re-signing? Like, you can't use, there isn't more money. Like, you're capped out either way. So the only way to bring in talent is to use Zach's bird rights to go over the cap. Um, if you just let him walk, you're losing that money. You're losing, obviously, an all-star caliber talent. Like, just you already have the 23 and 25 picks outgoing in the DeRozan and Vucevic trades. Uh, you can't afford to be bad. Like, <laughs> you need to compete here. It would just be ridiculous to not. Um, whether or not you think he is, like, that caliber of player, like, there's probably only five or six guys in the league that are truly, truly deserving of uh, – a max or a super max contract. But Zach Lowe said something on his podcast the other week, which I really liked, which is that like, you can't go to the, to the superstar aisle of the grocery store and just like pick one out. Like to, to you have, you have your guy and you got to bring him back and maybe you trade him down the line or maybe, you know, whatever happens, but it would just be completely ridiculous and foolish and, you know, unexcusable to not max him out at this point. Everything they've done is leading towards this. Absolutely. Uh, A. Huff saying, Zach is good, but I'll be honest, he's not MVP caliber. That's not the point. Do you know how many players in the NBA get max level I, that contracts? Was in reference, that was in reference to another comment that oh, was Oh, was it? Screen. Okay. I thought that was someone saying, well, are we sure we want to pay Zach, saying he's not MVP caliber? Mm-hmm. But guess what? It seems like that argument has been going around. Bulls fans who don't think that the Bulls should pay Zach that contract, thinking, well, he's not... He's a star, but he's not a superstar, so don't pay him the max. That's not how NBA contracts work. If you are a player of Zach Levine's caliber, you get a max level contract. Yeah. Doi. Let's also remember that he's been making under 20 mil for the last three, four, going on four seasons. The last two of which he has been an all-star, mm. making less than 20 million. Mm. Do you know how rare that is? Very. There's got to be 25 other teams that would jump at the chance to give Zach a max. Oh, too. my God. All of them would, like... They couldn't wait to give that man some money. Seriously, like even when even when um he signed that contract, the twenty million, the Sacramento Kings were trying to match mm-hmm. that contract and get him there. So yeah, no, Zach is sought after, and Zach and he has played out of that contract. We we get that he deserves all the money that is coming to him. All right, because you built this team because of Zach Levine. Remember that as well. A lot of these players came here because of Zach Levine. So you're not going to trade away or not pay that dude 
people showed up for. Do you remember the recruiting he was doing when he was on USA Olympics? My God, like having, and I talked about that a lot, like just having somebody at the table was just vitally important. We we weren't used to having someone at the table, Will, like just weren't used to having a guy there to represent the Chicago Bulls and say, hey man. The room where it happens, the room where it happens. <laughs> Hamilton, ugh. But yeah, not, not having that, you know, was was key, you know, for the Bulls, man. So having Zach Levine be there, be that guy, just always talking, always. Th- like, even when I was just seeing him around Kevin Durant, I was excited. You mm. know what I mean? I'm like, you could just have that conversation and talk to him. Being at the All-Star game, just being at that table and talking to people, you know, it's, it's all important. And Zach Levine was the main guy, main proponent of that. Funny you mentioned that because Red Tornado in the comments is saying, hey, let's go out and see if we can get KD. <laughs> I mean, hey, guess who has the relationship with him now? You know what I mean? Like, hey, guess, yo. guess which team won more games in the first round of the uh, NBA playoffs this year? Hawk to them, Will. Bulls didn't get swept. <laughs> Bulls, Bulls didn't get swept. swept. Also, I, it seems like KD has this very strong bond with Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. But does he really, if he wants to have a shot at winning more titles in the back end of his prime, want to tie those hopes to Kyrie and Ben Simmons, who look like two of the most disinterested and untrustworthy NBA stars to team up with right now? Very true. Very, I, very true. Like, dude, if I'm KD, I'm... He, he left the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors with Steph and Clay and Dre. He left that team to go to Brooklyn and get swept in the first round to clown teammates. Yeah, I don't think that's going to stand up for him, man. He wants to win. I think that's the best point. On the back end of his prime is where he's at. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, it was, that, that series was like a changing of the guard, like when I saw it. You know, Jason, Jason Tatum saying, no, it's my time now. You know, it's on me. Sorry, I love you guys, but it's my time now to do this. For those well, in the, the comments Celtics? wondering, KD is is still under contract through 2025. Yes, he just signed mm-hmm. a nice so, four-year extension. Don't care your hopes up. Yeah. yeah, but anything can happen. It's the NBA now. Anything can go down. Correct. Right? People have asked for trades with four years left on their yes. deal before. This is true. Go ahead, Will. I was just going to say, the Celtics are really good. Like, they they – have basically, you know, I think their their net rating since January 1st was like 15 point something. And that's the greatest net rating, like over a course of a season of all time, better than the 72 and 10 Bulls. So that team is like really, really good. But I think, and this is maybe like totally off the rails, but KD, like the reason he left the Warriors because he wanted to win, but he wanted to win his way, which is like, let me cook. And the Warriors wanted to play in the Warrior system and move the ball and let Steph run around and play through Draymond and Kevin fit into that because he's Kevin Durant, but he was never really like the guy that made that thing run. And I think he and Kyrie just like want to want to go ball and show that they're better than everybody. And they are, but that doesn't always get you past, you know, some of the best teams in the league they're, at this they're point. They're not though. That <laughs> part. They're not though. <laughs> but that part, they, they're amazing. But that Celtics defense, my, my friend of mine, uh, D Jackson said this, uh, during the season, during the second part of the season, he's like, that is the Bulls defense mm-hmm. that, they're, that they're doing right now. And he's right. Like, you, when you shut down Kevin Durant, who is talking about as the best player in the world, and you shut him down, my God. All right? Like, I, I, I got to look at it a little bit differently now, man. That team is serious. Round two against the Bucks. that's going to be <sighs> – East, that's going man. to be the finals. That's, for, that's the Eastern league, Conference Finals. One thing is, also, that should show you, like, the Bulls might not be that far off. This Celtics team was completely written off for the first half of the season. They, they made were. a massive turnaround. Like, 
with were. with the same roster, basically. Yeah. But you know what the Celtics have that the Bulls are lacking? Jason yeah. Tatum. An abundance of two-way players. Mm. Marcus Mart, DPOY, can also get buckets. It's true. Jason Tatum, like, all-NBA first-team bucket getter. Yeah. Also plays incredible defense. Jalen Brown can get you buckets, can yeah. play defense. Al yeah. Horford can get you buckets, can play defense. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Yeah, they got a lot of those guys who can shoot threes and play defense on that team. Which, it's tough. By the way, do y'all recall when we did our uh, you know playoff preview episode and we gave our predictions for the bulls Buck series, but also the finals? Yes. Who's the one who uh, went on the road less traveled and said, uh, I think it's Warrior Celtics, not Buck Suns? Joey. Because it's this guy. Oh, it was Matt. <laughs> i'll say this i uh i totally agree i pivoted very quickly and i bet on the celtics to win the finals like months ago so mm. i'm i'm riding with them at this point uh shout out to monty in the super chats real quick saying please talk to bulls fans just saw someone suggest trading zach for ben simmons oh great okay so that's clearly oh, that's smart that's clearly a sixers fan <laughs> Disguised as a Bulls fan trying to dupe you. We see you through your mustache, yeah. sir. I have a question really quick. What do you what do you anticipate for this Celtics Bucks series that is ninety five percent, ninety nine percent gonna happen? Uh because yeah, that that's a great defense, but Giannis is kind of a game plan record. They no one has anyone that, you know. Yeah. And the Celtics, that's kind of their one they don't have a ton of size in the front court. Like Horford's Robert Williams isn't huge. Mm-hmm. In, I don't know. Just wondering. It's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting because they, somebody said this to me yesterday, like Giannis is completely unguardable. And I, and I said, that's true. But you said the same thing about Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. And I watched Kevin Durant <laughs> be guarded. You know what I'm saying? Like I saw it. I saw it happen. So to think they won't have a game plan for Giannis, I don't know. I think Boston will be ready for something for Giannis, man. And maybe they do the Jordan rules on him. Or something like that. I don't know, but I think they'll be ready and prepared uh, for Giannis. Will I think they'll be ready to go? I think I think they're definitely the most equipped to defend Giannis. And Al Horford has done a great job on him in the past. They have a ton of big bodies. Tatum obviously has ascended, and he is uh, just two way superstar at this point. Um, but basically, the way they defend, they've got two like all all-star stoppers and uh, Marcus Smart and Derek White. Mm-hmm. They've got a couple of bigger bodies that can throw at them. And then Robert Williams has been playing basically free safety for them. Yeah. And even if you just like keep Giannis in front of you and have him coming over to protect, I, I think they actually could do a really good job defending Giannis. Obviously, no one can do it. Um, but I think they, uh, you know, and Chris Middleton won't be ready until probably partway through that series. So they could definitely do some damage. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be a problem, man. Real problem. It's going to be a fun, fun series, though. It will be. It will be. be. Fun series. Um, all right. Uh, we we actually have to talk about this Bulls Bucks series that Bulls. isn't over yet, <laughs> and, and we will do that coming up next. Uh, but first, a quick break to l- let y'all know that the best way you can support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you're going to get those two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll get a receipt, uh, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our exclusive web content, like that from our guy Will here and everybody on the beats covering the Chicago sports teams that you love and want that info on every day. Plus, you get the free t-shirt from the CHGO locker mm-hmm. uh, and access to our members-only private Discord chats and channels, one for every team. 
Uh, if you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com and we will help you out. Mm-hmm. Not only that, it's your home for live NBA same game parlay. Mm. NBA playoffs and putting parlays on NBA playoff games is like peak joy for, mm. for this guy right here. Freaking love it. Mm-hmm. Freaking love it. <laughs> and it's Tuesday. So you know what that means? What's that? It's time for our pick of the week. Come on. Presented weeks. by a points bet. So I'm not looking at anything with great confidence until Thursday, game six. Mavs Jazz. Mm. I saw the Mavs completely eviscerate the Jazz in Game 5 last night. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that it was 2-2 going into that. Honestly, I thought it should have been 3-1 Dallas. They kind of gave away a game. Mm -hmm. Maybe even gave away two games. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's right now Mavs minus 1 and minus uh, uh, on the spread and minus 110 odds. Um, Give me that. I mean, you could also just say money line minus 115 for the Mavs to win that series and put the Jazz out of their misery. That Jazz team looked defeated last yeah, night. Yeah. What are they, 77 points? Yeah. In an NBA playoff game? Even the Bulls haven't failed that miserably. <laughs> so, honestly, what I might even flirt with is assuming this line doesn't move too much and it stays at Mavs minus one, minus one and a half. I might do a create your own spread and take Mavs like minus four and a half to bump those odds a little bit because I'm like that convinced that the Mavs are going to just end the Jazz on Thursday. I agree. And that is your points bet pick of the week, folks. (laughs) Yeah. It's got the week. Um, Okay, so the Bulls. Let's do it. Uh, The Bulls. (laughs) Let's do it. So, look, I think, Will, you wrote about this after game uh, four that the Bucks have basically solved the Bulls at this point. Um, and a large part of that is hounding DeMar DeRozan and daring anyone else to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to take a look at this DeMar DeRozan quote from after game four, where he said, they definitely packed the paint, showing length. Whenever we do something, not just myself, Zach as well, just trying to make it tough on us, taking away our easy shots where we like to get our spots. The length, you definitely see it there. So that was him talking after game four about how he and Zach have been constricted by this Bucks defense. And now coming into game five, we assume no Zach Levine. It's going to get even more impossible for DeMar to get to his spots and, and to do anything. And Will, to me, it, it's a simple equation of the Bucks dare the Bulls to have anyone other than DeMar beat them and no one can. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. And I think early on in the series, you saw... Vucevic get loose a little bit because the way that the Bucks defense really dropped off the the guard, um, the handler opened him up uh, above the break for pick and pop threes. Now what they're doing is sending help from the opposite side to take away that shot. And basically, I mean, if, if Zach and Cruz aren't playing, it's going to be DeMar seeing doubles throughout the entire game, Vooch getting shaded, and Io, Kobe, Patrick, Javante, Derek Jones, like, Please, by all means, try to try to outshoot us tonight. And um, obviously, they're not going to do that. Uh, so again, it's just kind of like sad. I think one of the underrated aspects of the first two games was Caruso's ability to just calmly bring the ball up the court under pressure and get the ball to DeRozan in his spots. Because you see DeRozan try to bring the ball up and essentially... Wesley Matthews or Javon Carter or Drew Holiday, whoever it is, is just pressing up on him. He can't get into his spot or even enter the ball until like 12 seconds on the shot clock. And you just can't do anything in those situations. So uh, the ability for Caruso to just quickly get the ball to DeRozan where he likes to have it 
really, I think, made it more difficult on the Bucks to to contain him. Basically, now they're preventing him from even getting to his spots, whereas before they were settling to let him get there and then trying to alter his shots once he did. So it's going to be uh, tough sailing out there for DeMar. And I definitely, you know, there, there's there's an opportunity for somebody else to step up. But I think one of the more disappointing aspects of the series is that really just no one else has. Mm. Yeah, yeah dead on on that part right there like nobody has helped uh them at all like you said they're just daring somebody else to beat them uh and things like that uh, I wanted to ask you also since we're talking about DeMar obviously that talk has now surfaced also with Bulls fans calling was DeMar doing you know calling him DeFrozen getting back to those kind of things what if what has been your take on DeMar DeRozan in in these playoffs here against the Bucks? it's just a really brutal matchup for me. I mean, I, you look at some of the other teams around the league, whether it's, uh, you know, the Heat or the 76ers. Like, I think DeMar really could have done a better job just scoring in those games. The one game where he really got loose, obviously, was the second game where he scored 40. And that was a situation where, um, you know, the Bucks were really, like I said, dropping off of him and letting him get to his spots. And now just because of the incredible depth that they have as perimeter defenders, he just, they've taken that away from him. And without Zach, it's, it's going to be all on him and all, the defense is going to be completely loaded up. So it's just, it's a tough situation to be in. Obviously like he is not Giannis. He's not LeBron. He's not uh, any of these like top five players in the world who can just like barrel to the rim and get free throws. Like he relies a lot on operating from his spots. And if he can't get there, obviously he's going to struggle. So um, I think it's pretty unfair, but also like you just have to like look at your expectations reasonably and like understand that DeMar was never truly going to be that guy. Um, I think everything that you got from him this year was incredible, but it was also more than you ever could have asked for. The um, the thing that uh, Zach said after game four loss, which I thought was interesting because it kind of went along with what DeMar was talking about was, you know, when he was asked, what can you do? to counteract what the Bucks defense is showing you guys and, and all the things that they're taking away from you and, and DeMar is Zach saying you got to trust the passes, try to get guys open and put the Bucks in rotations and try and have them playing catch up like they're doing to us. And again, now without Zach, that gets even harder. But the problem is like when he or DeMar was seeing these traps and or doubles and they were passing out, like guys are just ice cold, ice cold. Cold. Uh, Joey, do we have those shooting th splits, those three-point oh, no. splits to take a look at? Oh. Guys, okay, so again, oh. revisiting that the Bulls were a low-volume but high-efficiency three-point shooting team for the first two-thirds of the season, pre-All-Star break, 37.6%, second-best in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Post-All-Star break, shooting fell off a cliff, 34.8% yeah. for 22nd in the league. In these playoffs, they are shooting 28% from behind the three-point line, which is 16th, which is... Dead last. Dead last. 16 teams mm. in the playoffs. Mm -mm. If you average out games one, three, and four, their four losses mm -hmm. in this series, it's 23.5%. Why would you do that? Why would you average that out and depress me <laughs> further? <laughs> Just to show, well, because, you know, in game two, they hit some shots. <laughs> Hooray! And they won. Hooray! I mean, and uh, Will, you made note of this on Twitter the other day, I believe, when you were uh, uh, when you and your fellow beat people were talking to Billy Donovan. Billy mentioned, hey, we got 19 corner threes uh, on Sunday in game four. That is a great volume of corner threes to get from your offense, and it came from 
the Bulls passing out and finding the open guys in the corners, but they went five of 19 yeah. on those open corner three looks. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, to your point, that's that's a really incredible number, but it's now what the Bucks are giving them. And yeah. they're giving that to them because that's where they struggle. At the end of the day, like you can execute perfectly, but if the shot doesn't go in, you're not going to win these games. So it's a make or miss league. And I think the Bulls are doing everything they can. But obviously the Bucks are, they've just kind of figured it out. They figured out what to take away from the Bulls and the Bulls can't make them pay. I mean, we saw this all year with zone defense in the first half and then the trapping in the second half. They're willing to let the other guys beat them if they know they can take, you know, a 40 point night away from DeMar. Uh, and now with even less weapons around him, that's, that's clearly, I think what they're going to be doing. Well, let me ask you, as somebody who was at the two games in three and four, uh, when did you know, like the bulls were kind of like out of it? I'm talking body language wise, because it felt like, like the confidence of the bucks, you know, was on 10 from, you know I mean? From the jump street in games three and game four. But when did you know for the bulls that, they just like, you know what? This ain't going to be us today. Yeah, it's a good question. I think early in the first quarter for the game three, where it just like they went down nine or however many it was and just kind of looked like they were done. And again, we've talked about it a million times, but they can't just like take these punches and then roll over. And I think that's what was really impressive about games one and two, where they got off to that 0-9 start in game one. And they hung around and they fought their way back into it. And frankly, they probably could have won that game. In game two, they punched first and they held on. And that was where the last month of the season, they just really struggled. And it felt like they kind of gave up on the season. And Caruso kind of even said it after game two. I think like, you know, they were just like ready for for the playoffs. They were ready for the season to be over. And, you know, I don't know if the mentality switched or... Um, if they've just become totally overwhelmed with this, with this Bucks team. But games three and four, it was like very early on in the season, very reminiscent of the last month of the regular season. And obviously that's just not going to cut it. I mean, and now the question becomes in game five, who do you look to? Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming that DeMar is going to be absolutely smothered by multiple Bucks defenders the entire game and Zach is out. And as you just uh, mentioned a minute ago, also you could be without Caruso, who right now is in uh, not protocols, but in concussion Mm -hmm. protocols. Um, He needs to get cleared to play in this game. And so you might lose his, uh, as Will mentioned, his calm, you know, bringing the ball up the floor ability. And now you got to worry about Io and or Kobe bringing the ball up the floor more. Mm -hmm. Um, we, We did see Patrick Williams bounce back in, in the second half of game four after a bad start, uh, and, and at least knock down some shots. I, I saw people in the comments talking about P. Will and how he needs to, you know, have a big game for the Bulls to have even a prayer. But, I mean, no. now you're just talking about, like, the Bulls don't have any reliable scoring outside of one guy, mm-hmm. DeMar, mm-hmm. who's about to get double and probably triple teamed. Yeah, immediately. Immediately. Yeah, the that's kind of been the question of the second half is, like, who's going to be – the guy that steps up and like I said, nobody's really done it. Um, I think if there's anything I took away from that final game of the year against the Timberwolves where Patrick scored career high 35, um, it's that he can do a little bit more if he's got the ball in his hands. He's kind of an unwilling and uncomfortable spot up shooter. And so if the Bucks are going to throw two at DeMar and help heavily on Vucevic, I think he could be somebody that, you know, 
does some stuff or has to step up in a way. Uh, but it's kind of the same, same, you know, cast characters of can Kobe get hot? Can IO, uh, shake off the cobwebs and finally start to hit some threes. And to, to your point, like they, they played better in the second half of game four, but that game was already over that, that game was already done. So, uh, they've got to do it when it counts and when it matters. And I really hope that they have sort of the aggressiveness and the ability to step up to the moment. But um, I'm not really getting my hopes up because you haven't seen it yet. Well, has it been more disappointing for you to watch how the Bulls have played on offense or watch how they've played on defense? Because, you know, their strength has been offense. You know, we know that. And as we just saw from the three-point shooting numbers, it hasn't been good. But at the same time, what they've given up defensively, especially to, uh, Matt's favorite guy, and and Bobby Portis just has been absolutely crazy, man. So has which one has disappointed you the most? Wait, who is uh who is Matt's favorite guy? Oh, Grayson just Allen. I, I didn't know if you knew. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is why you should be watching our show on YouTube, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> correct, <laughs> correct. If you know, I, you know I would say Oh, people listening on the pod heard me put up that middle <laughs> finger. <laughs> I would say definitely the offense for me. I think for the most part, the defense has been pretty good. I think they're obviously loading up on the paint and forcing the Bucks shooters to make shots. And in the first two games, they didn't. In the second two, they did. But I think you're kind of trying to live with that, or you kind of have to live with that. Zach said after game four that, um, you know, they want to take away the paint from Giannis, but you can't give up the paint from Giannis and also, you know, give up the shooters you like you you take away the paint you sacrifice the shooters but you can't give up both and that's kind of what they've been doing just because the bucks have Giannis and they're extremely good but i mean they scored like 85 points a game in three of the four games so far nobody can get anything going outside of demar uh vucevic has had his moments caruso had a, a couple of good shooting nights where he had three threes but one of those games was i think game three where it was over pretty quick um Zach was, has been pretty disappointing for me in terms of just scoring output. Uh, I think he's he only averaged like under 20 a game during these playoffs. So the offense has definitely, you know, been a problem for me. And if you look at like sort of the strategy of what both of these teams are doing, it's very similar. It's wall off the paint, try to get the ball out of the best player's hands. In the Bucks case, that's Giannis. And in the Bulls case, that's DeMar. And basically force the shooters to beat you. And the Buck shooters have beaten the Bull shooters. And that's kind of it. So everybody else, I think, uh, in terms of like the the disappointment on the offensive end, I think it's just everybody else. Like you, you got to make shots. You just have to make shots. You know, speaking of those Bucks uh, role guys stepping up and hitting their shots, we, that's what we wanted to talk about next. But one last thought on on the Bulls' offense, uh, Will. I mean, do you, if you're Billy Donovan, is there anything that you can think of to try? Even stuff that's, you know, outside the box. You're desperate. Your backs are against the wall. One more loss and your season is over. Mm -hmm. If any time is the time to bust out something crazy, it's now. Maddie Legend. Is there, is there anything left for Billy to try, in your opinion, as far as the, the Bulls manufacturing good looks, good possessions, and points? I think they've kind of been caught in a situation where they're really trying to defensive rebound. And if you have to send five bodies back to get the defensive boards, then you're not getting anything in transition. So it's, it's a trade-off, but transition points just were such a big part of the bulls identity in the first half of the season, especially, and they just have not been able to get anything there. So I guess 
if you're asking me what else they can do, I think going smaller, obviously you want to be able to secure those rebounds and you can't get out in transition if you don't, but uh, Dirk Jones, Patrick, Javante, I think those guys playing together, just running, moving, um, trying to get some easy baskets however they can because everything right now is just DeMar carrying the, the offense, carrying the team. And it's just, it's it's overwhelming and you can't really do that against a defense like this Bucks. Uh, the other thing is just getting shooters open in more creative ways. Um, I tweeted out a clip of an early first quarter play where sort of like a hammer screen where basically DeMar drove and somebody set a back screen for Zach in the corner and that got him an open three. So just like creative ways to get guys going, get guys catching the ball on the move or um, shooting in the full of the offense. So it's not just DeMar dribble, dribble, everything collapses on him and somebody else stands there and waits for a kick out pass. All right. Uh, well, that was not the uplifting answer I was hoping for, <laughs> but also wasn't expecting. Uh, all right. Before we move on to talk about just how much uh, Giannis uh, and his shooter teammates have dominated the Bulls in three of the games this series. Um, Big Dave, yes, one sir. more quick reminder for the people out there about points bet. I like how Eric says, LOL, Matt looks angry. That's Matt all the time, sir. It's a regular peck face. All right. But I do know what, what makes him about? smile. I'm jovial right now. And you know what's going to make him even more like that? Them parlays, baby, that he can play at points bet. And if you enjoy CHGO on one way to help us con- to continue to grow, that rhymed, is to download that points bet app and use that code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two, count on one, two risk free bets up to $2,000. You, if you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership that unlocks all of that awesome web content from that man, Will Gottlieb, Mark K from the Pecking Order, Trademark, and all the awesome shows that are on this wonderful network. Blackhawks, Bulls, Sky, Sox, Cubs, many, many more, man. We got Bears. it all covered, man. Bears. Bears. You'll get all that. That's what you'll unlock, and we'll give you a free T-shirt of your choice from that CHGO locker. And all the people in this wonderful, wonderful state of Illinois where it is cold and rainy and weird outside, you can stay inside, and you can actually download that PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? I don't know. Because once the game starts, you don't just bet. Will Godley, please tell them what you do. You live your bet life. Give me one time, Joe. I think I got my swagger back. Oh! Oh! (laughs) Uh, Fantastic. Feels nice having Joey this close because I feel like he hears me even faster. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting for me because there's a lot, there's more like acoustics in here. Yeah. And when you guys get heated up, it's it just sounds weird with the headphones on. I'm right mm-hmm. here. I'm getting Pac's rage full there's, there's, force, right? <laughs> there's definitely less space for the sound to go. Correct. Well, here's the good thing. Now that we'll, the season is over, so, I mean, well, we got one more game, but I'm saying when we do these shows, we'll be more here in Studio B when the season's over. The rage won't be as high. Yeah, we got relaxed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, I'm, we're relaxed. I mean, yeah. 
but it won't be no. as high. Well, no, Not he's going to be summer true. vibes, though. Birkenstocks. Yeah, you know. Birkenstocks, summer vibes, man. Yes, but there will be Bulls fans <laughs> pissing me off with their horrible takes about what should be done in the offseason. True, but it won't be along with terrible play from no, the that's, team. That's true. And, and that takes no. you here. And I'm, yeah, <laughs> and, and Joey's, I'm showing up in Burks, maybe a bathing suit some days. Gonna have a nice, like, ice cold Kentucky mule in one oh, hand. Look, he's ready. Summer tank, tank tops. tops. <laughs> Summer vibes around the long. corner. All day long, man. You gotta seize that when you live in Chicago, man. And you do. You definitely seize it, sir. Oh, it will be seized. Oh, Carpe diem. What he does, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, all right. So it it has been, I would say, commendable for what the Bulls have shown uh, on the defensive end in two of these games mm-hmm. against the Bucks, their, their uh, strategy of basically walling off Giannis, not letting him get up ahead of steam on every possession, sometimes throwing an additional or two additional guys at him. Mm-hmm. It has worked at times and it has not worked at times. To me, it's like sometimes Giannis just uses his strength to bully through one, two or three Bulls defenders and get to the rim and either draw himself a foul or dunk or both. Mm-hmm. Or when the Bulls do successfully wall him off and prevent him from getting into the interior, he has just been spraying passes out to shooters, and it's working for him. Uh, If you uh, take a look at what Joey just threw up on the screen there, Giannis's playmaking numbers in this this series are Mm. more impressive than what he's done this season, which in itself is impressive. He's been averaging 5.8 times a game with an assist percentage, percentage of teammates field goal scored that got assisted by him when he's on the floor, 31.7 in this regular season. You see those numbers boosted up in this series to seven dimes per game and a nearly 37% assist percentage. He's basically point center Giannis for large stretches of these games, and it's very, very effective. Effective, and yeah, he's really good. You know, because honestly, he's made passes – this series that I'm like, damn. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? I was just like, wow, you're you're that kind of good? And it I, I thought back to Joe Kim Noah, because Joe Kim Noah was like the first ever point center, like ever. And so watch him watching him do that was Joe Kim Noah would do and the bounce passes he would make, mm-hmm. you know, in the backdoor cuts and you know the things like that. I was like, that's good. You know what I'm saying? It was amazing. I was like, that's nice, that's smooth, the timing of it. But the stuff he's doing here. He's like incorporating the athleticism in it. And that is scary, you know, for a dude that big. That is really terrifying, Will, when I watch him out there, knowing that dude is not only that big, but that athletic, and then that smart, having that kind of basketball IQ to find those open shooters um, and thinking two or three steps ahead. That's 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 very scary. Yeah, the the processing speed is probably the most underrated thing that he gets better at every single year where you know if you're if he's trying to post you up and the bulls have sent two at him in the post every single time um rather than like kicking it out to the nearest shooter like he'll see the bulls rotation starting to come to that guy sooner and he'll just whip it to the second guy and then they're wide open for a shot like he just he sees everything happen uh you know a play ahead now and that is really special like you said dave when you're already this good in terms of athleticism in terms of scoring he had that one no look pass uh to a corner shooter mm-hmm. in game four where he like just got to the rim and um sprayed it out like he 
And I think the way that the Bulls are trying to contain him and leave shooters open is leading to that super high assist percentage, where in the regular season, he probably, you know, doesn't get as much attention. So credit to him. I mean, he's he's not only gotten better every single year and improved every single aspect of his game, but he's taking advantage of the situation right now. And he's figured out what the Bulls are trying to do. And the Bulls just don't have a counter. Don't, man. And look at the guys who he's passing to, obviously, are those three-point shooters in Bobby Portis. And, and Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. And Portis shooting, what, 38% from three? And Grayson Allen shooting 61% from the three-point line is absolutely dumb. Somebody kill that Do you want to hear something that will make your blood curdle? Sure. More more than Matt just asking for murder? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I, I believe I counted this up a few days ago and forgot to tweet it, so I could be, you know, off by, uh, you know, a couple here or there. But... I believe um, Grayson Allen's total point output in the series is uh, 52, and the Bulls' total bench output this series is 67. So he's 15 points behind the Bulls' entire bench scoring in four Damn. games. And so over the last, and he scored, I think, uh, 49 of those points in the last two games. So <laughs> oh. he, he is uh, he is just he's killing the Bulls. You know, you, you know, Will. I don't know if you saw it, but on Twitter. Uh, last show we did, we had uh, Bucks After Dark was kept getting in on our show. He's always on Twitter talking crazy. You know what I'm saying? Definitely coming at Bulls fans, you know, when when his team is, you know, killing the Bulls. And he hit me up and, you know, he put in the quote. He's like, hey, these guys shouted me out. And I was like, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. And he was like, yeah, you're much more likable than that other guy with the mustache. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, no, he's very likable. He just gives back the energy that he puts out. Or, or he gives back the energy that he receives. You give him that energy, that's what you're going to get back. And he said, no, screw that guy. He, he wished harm on Grayson. Screw him. And I was like, well, I couldn't defend that. And a good day to you, sir. <laughs> yes, correct. He did wish harm oh, on Oh, no. <laughs> a Bucks fan who's staunchly defending Grayson on Twitter doesn't like me. Gee, how will my heart ever, ever heal? How can he go on? I What's can't. The, uh, oh, wait. I, I, from... I know how I go on. I block that weirdo stalker <laughs> and move on with my life, which is exactly what I did. What was the uh, the last dance thing where he's in the, MJ's in the locker room and he's like, it's easy to talk shit when you're ahead? Yeah. 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 Baseball bat, Baseball cigar in mouth. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. Smooth, smooth jazz <laughs> playing in the back, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Well, so, yeah, to talk when you're when you're winning, man. Yeah, when it's zero zero, you know, that's when it's about, you know. Uh, I want to go watch the last dance now. That's all. <laughs> I want to go watch the last dance again. I did. I just did a rewatch like yeah. a month ago. Oh man, like all ten episodes in the span of two days. Just did, so amazing. Man. It's great. God, it's so good. I was like, I wish I time. knew you guys when the last dance was going on. Why is that? Would, I don't know. Looking back on it, yeah, I just I. I can't like you. You, you mean guys when, are two when of the, the people? You mean when the events chronicled in no, the last no, dance no, were happening, no. or when they were like when the doc? No, came when out. the doc came out. I just imagine Matt. Like I, I just can't imagine that that had to have been a big deal for you. It, I mean, it was. Yeah. So that so that was you know still early on in the pandemic, right? They released yes. it and what? Like, it was a big deal for everybody because it was in the pandemic, and like that right. was a big reason why it got so popular. But yeah. like for especially on top of that. Right. I would like to see you guys reliving those moments. And oh, that, yeah. like, no real sports were happening. Right. And right. that it, like, it was treated like, it, it was like appointment television. Right. 
which doesn't really exist all that much anymore. No, it doesn't. It was the first time a Chicago sports team was like the center of the sports universe in <laughs> Correct. how long? Yeah. Since the Cubs won the World 20, Series. 2017 yeah. Cubs, probably. Yep. Very true. Yeah. And and look, and I loved it because not only did it affect us as fans, it affected the Bulls organization in general. Because I remember AK saying, like, after the first or second episode, he's like, I'm not even waiting to call Mark Eversley. I got to call this dude now and sign him today. He was like, I got to get him after I watched the episode of this, man. So it was that important. You know what I'm saying? And, and it affected a lot, man. God, it was so amazing. What was your favorite episode? Did you did y'all have a favorite, like, episode? For me, it was the first one. Watching the first episode was the one that just hit me in the stomach. The one where uh, they talk about Jordan's competitiveness as a teammate, and then he cries at the end mm-hmm. and talks about how he did it for all. Like, that, that I believe that's episode seven. I think it was seven. seven. Yeah, I think it was seven. I believe that's episode seven. It's a that very, one very good episode. Very true. Uh, I mean, I, I loved all of them. For me, I never lived. I didn't see that as a, you know. Right. There's you a lot of it that right. I didn't get to appreciate or even understand. So Not that until was really that cool doc did you get the, you know, the classic, you know, footage of Dennis walking out of the, you know, uh, parking garage tunnel of the UC with a Miller Lite in his hand, <laughs> yes. getting on his motorcycle, yes. driving off into the, the darkness of night. Who knows where? Yeah, end up at waking up at a bar at some point in time, and then coming and grabbing twenty rebounds the very next game. It was absolutely an insane time, man. And but yeah, you're right, Joey. Because for me, it was it was nostalgia. You know what I mean? It was just reminiscing and seeing all that stuff happen again. It just felt so good. And and some of that stuff that I don't remember having because I was a child when some of that stuff was kicking off. But yeah. yeah, man, it was it was it was amazing. So that was back when I was still living with my roommates. Shout out to Connor and Coos. Um, and they were like, you're. Uh, they were like, why are you so excited to watch this documentary air on live television? Like, you know everything in this doc. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, not everything. Right. Maybe a couple of things that I will learn for the first time watching this doc. And even if I don't, it's appointment television. There are no sports on right now. Zero. And this is a 10-part documentary about my favorite, the, the best years of my favorite team. Mm. Like, yeah, I'm I'm amped <laughs> for this. Freaking duh. Plus, Jacked. there was like the most frustrating part is that there was such a long waiting period. Yeah. Remember when they first released like that 20 second teaser trailer? Oh my, how many times? Yeah, like two years. And it was, and it was like, it was yes, two years yes, before really. the doc finally came out. And they flexed it. They flexed it to come out earlier when the pandemic happened. Yeah. They did. Because we begged them for it. But when they first dropped that teaser, they didn't even tell us when it was coming. Nope. They were just like, 2020, question mark, maybe? And we were like, what? And this was like Christmas 2018. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. You. So, obviously. It was amazing. And, you know, once the season is officially over and then we get into the offseason, will I watch it a fifth time through? Probably. <laughs> My man says, whatever episode it was, MJ was laughing at the glove. <laughs> yeah, that, that had, was great. I had that no problem great. with the glove. I had, I had no problem with the glove. I had no issue with the glove. That was great, That the way they shot that. Because the way they cut to Mike while Gary Payton is still talking, and just Mike's face, you know what I'm saying, the whole time. That's the one where he throws his head back and laughter and then just does yeah, this right. move. <laughs> it was gold. I loved everything about it. I loved the, mu- that, the music. You know, I'm a music dude, man. The, the music and the way they used it was perfect. You know what I mean? It was really perfect. And just how Mike, just how that team mm. kind of came up with, kind of the early birth of hip-hop at the same time because 
you know, they coincide. They really kind of do coincide with that. Even though Mike is not a big hip hop dude, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he's such a part but of hip hop. Highlights of young MJ playing over that Prince song. Oh, dude, dude, playing over the LL Cool J. I'm bad when he dropped 63 oh. on Boston. Man, I was going crazy. In I ain't my no house. joke. Oh, I lost it. Man. I was going crazy in my house, bro. I really was. It was awesome. We should do a uh, during the summer when we're. You know, not talking about much else. We should just rewatch it together and do shit. Oh, yes. I was going to yes, say, done. there can definitely be a lot of good content had over the summer with The Last Dance. You know, mm-hmm. watch along, maybe talk about some of the highlights. That'd Curious. be nice, yeah. So, that's a great idea. And speaking of docs, before we get out of here, I don't I don't think I've talked to you guys about this yet. So, you know, there's this winning time yeah. show, mm-hmm. dramatization yeah. on, on HBO that certain Lakers of, you know, the Kareem and, and Bus and West era have, yeah. have issue with. Uh-huh. There's also now this Apple TV four-part doc, They Call Me Magic, about Magic Johnson. Have you guys watched that yet? I just watched all of them yesterday, and it's fantastic. I, have, I don't I have Apple TV. I know about it. So no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's like... What's it called? I'm going to look it's called, They Call Me Magic. They Call Me Magic, mm-hmm. and it's a four-part doc about Magic Johnson's life and career amazing. It looks on amazing. Apple TV. And I I mean, so it's like four hours collectively, mm-hmm. and, it, and it's great. And honestly, there were like... Because it just like covers his entire life and not just his playing career, and they get into his you know his first retirement and the announcement of you know contracting HIV and all that stuff, his his business ventures after his retirement, parts of his playing career I felt like were like scrunched together, mm. and like I wanted more. I was like, wait, did they just skip from 1983 to 1985? <laughs> like what? No, <laughs> like bird magic. Give me more of this. But I like I'm a sucker for bird magic. Like oh my any God, and all yeah. bird magic content. Dude, the yes. three part thirty for thirty about the Celtics Lakers yes. uh, rivalry is fantastic. It was. Uh the book when the game was ours mm-hmm. about Larry and Matt, mm-hmm. fantastic. Like give me I will eat up any and all magic and bird content. That documentary based off of that book was incredible to mm-hmm. watch, man. No, it was great. And there was a play that came from it. You're a theater guy. Maybe you might check it out one time, man. It's a play that came out of this. So yeah, I, I love all that stuff. I want all of it because you know why I love it so much? You can't tell any of those stories without Jordan. <laughs> That's why I love it so much, Will. You can't tell any of those stories without mentioning Michael Jeffrey Jordan, and I love that part of it. I swear I do. And you can't really tell any story about the NBA without him, and I think that's why if you talk about the cultural impact, the shoes, uh, the fact that we're even having conversations now about how good LeBron is, like, Nobody will ever surpass Jordan in terms of impact on the game, on the world. And that is why, even if you have, you know, arguments against him for the GOAT or whatever it is on the court, like he is the most influential, impactful player, uh, athlete of all time. And you can't really. Before we get off, I'm curious for, for all three of you guys, which player today's NBA, like their game itself reminds you the most of MJ? Not their greatness, but the way they play. Because a lot of people uh, have been have been throwing Anthony Edwards now into that conversation of like the younger Yeah. And he doesn't have like the back to the basket stuff, but just the pure athleticism. He looks he looks kinda like Jordan, but I I mean Damar, late season late career. Damar's a good one. I say Kawhi. Like Kawhi reminds me of Mike when I watch him play. Like he definitely did. I saw a lot of Mike in his game. So yeah, the, it, Kawhi's footwork in the mid-range yeah, game yeah. and his footwork getting to the basket. Mm-hmm. There's definitely some MJ to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, like not the mid-range game, but the at the rim game. 
I see I see a little bit of MJ and Ja, like mm. just like young young mm. MJ. And, the most uh, athletic Marvel that you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's incredible, that. man. That's a great point. That's a great point. Putting the athleticism in there, and that's what's great about Mike. Like, like there are two levels to his greatness. You know, yeah. Like that. I was, like so. You know, most of what I remember from my childhood was '30s, mm-hmm. just tactician MJ. Right. Right. Whereas. I first, remember, yeah. First half of his career was high flying. MJ. Yes, come fly with me is is what I remember from Mike. You know, and doing reverse layups that I still don't know how he did it. And watching, he was the first player I'd ever seen like make the opposing bench go crazy. Mm. I'd never <laughs> seen that before. Like, there's a story that where Cliff Levingston, when he played with the Hawks, and then Jordan did some insane move or dunk, and Levingston, and you could you can watch footage of it. They're going crazy on the bench dog and uh, everything mike's doing they're jumping out of their seat they're you know high-fiving each other and they're getting their ass whooped but they're loving this their coach i think uh god this is the czar mike fratello mm-hmm. find all of them <laughs> <laughs> the next day he find everybody on that team for that point man but dude that's the brilliance of, of watching greatness it makes you forget what team you're on you're just marveling at greatness Honestly, the you know what play uh, I saw last night that reminded me of MJ that and one Luca had under the basket where he Ooh. got bodied by Rudy and Ooh. somehow managed to like flip it up yeah. over his head yeah. while taking contact yeah. and banked it in. Yeah. I was like, that's some MJ shit. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> the cold bloodedness. Yeah, I like Luca's cold bloodedness. Like that, he had some Mike in him for that. But realize we're talking about some of the best players in the league, some of the future superstars of the league, right. and. Yeah. Those are the guys that uh, can't even get close to emulating. Can't even get close. You ain't lying. <laughs> yeah. uh, you ain't lying, as, man. As somebody said in the comments earlier, Bulls nostalgia will always have that. Oh, Carlos, shout out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I didn't really want to talk a whole lot about game five because yeah, I think yeah. we all know what's going to happen and it's going to yeah. suck and that's going to yeah. be it. That's going to be the last the last chapter of this bull season that's been right. up and down. And then we'll get to work in the off season. Uh, and then we'll get to get, get to off season work, mm-hmm. which by the way, once the season ends, we'll still be here. We'll be doing five episodes a week. Yep. Some from studios, some remote, but we will be here providing content for y'all. Absolutely. But first things first, we got game five tomorrow night on right. deck. Thank you Celtics for sweeping the nets. So we have a six 30 tip off instead of eight 30. <laughs> I bet you're happy about that too, Mr. Golly. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so, so we'll be here in studio live for pregame at 6 p.m. Chicago time tomorrow. Yeah. Getting ready for game five. We'll be here for postgame as well. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a couple more uh, episodes for you Thursday and Friday. Assuming there's no game six, then Friday we'll just have a, an episode for you guys in the afternoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the meantime, follow Will on Twitter at Won't Got Lieb. Days at BowBWL Sports on ah. Bulls underscore Peck. We collectively are CHGO underscore Bulls for our producer Joey, Joey. Big Dave, and Will. Matt saying uh, thanks as always for tuning in, Bulls Nation. Hey, if you want, Blackhawks got the new television broadcaster, Chris Foster's, in studio right now. They're about to start their show. So keep it here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Mm. Check that out. Until next time, see you right. Be good.